Smart Drive program was founded in 2005 after uh, three high school students who my wife Susan and I knew uh, were killed in car crashes in the 2003-2004 school year. And uh, in each case, it was young, inexperienced drivers, good kids, who just didn't have the experience to make the right decision at the right time. So we got working on it, and in the 2005-2006 school year, Smart Drive began. And Smart Drive now is in its 18th year. Uh, we have interacted with uh, well over 200,000 students in five different states, uh, and it's, it's gone well, uh, but we got to a point uh, where uh, Susan and I said, you know, if we really want this to continue beyond us, this can't be an effort that really is focused with us doing the work. So we uh, looked around for uh, an organization with a similar purpose and mission that would want to merge with us, and that organization was Delaware Safety Council. So in 2018, we began the process of uh, talking about merging the organizations. And uh, in 2020, uh, we finally got everything done. And now Smart Drive is part of Delaware Safety Council uh, and, uh, and doing very well. I didn't realize you had gotten to five states. Well, yeah, we, we, you know, we began uh, obviously in Delaware. And uh, when uh, we brought in uh, Karen Versick, um, who was our uh, executive director for nine years. Karen uh, helped us get into uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, we have worked with schools in five different counties in southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, we worked in all of the counties along Maryland's eastern shore and down towards Baltimore. Uh, and then uh, we started a, uh, an operation for a few years, had one in South Carolina, uh, because one of our original founding members retired there and was asked if he could do something about driver safety. So he brought Smart Drive there. And then we've also uh, done some work in uh, northern Virginia. So uh, we've been in those five states over the 18-year run of Smart Drive. Wow. Uh, tell us what the students do as part of the program. Well, we really have, uh, at this point, five different programs that are primary. Of course, we're always looking for new programs. Uh, and I will just say as a, you know, just a, an insert here, uh, we know that in these post-COVID times, as students get back into schools and they get more active, uh, we're going to be looking at revising some of what we do and, you know, continually looking at new programs. But currently, our flagship program, which has really been from the beginning, is our online defensive driving program. Now that is meant for students who are licensed drivers. Because we are certified by the state of Delaware as a defensive driving provider, uh, we cannot allow students to get into that particular program in Delaware without being licensed drivers. There are students from uh, other states that take it, uh, but they are not uh, uh, privy to what Delaware students can get when they finish it, which is 
Uh, it's a six-hour course, and it's like the course that the Safety Council and others have. Uh, and so when a student finishes it, uh, they can get a 10, a 10% discount on the liability portion of their vehicle insurance and three positive points on their driving record that can be used to offset any future infraction they get. And that is good for three years. So that's the flagship program. In addition to that, we have in the fall, uh, October, by the way, and, and maybe we'll talk again then, October is Teen Driver Safety Month. Uh, and the third week in October is always Teen Driver Safety Week. So we do a program that uh, revolves around that called Click for Life, which is a seatbelt awareness and pledge program. And it is a student-led program. You know, Susan always felt that if we can get peers teaching peers and leading peers, it's going to be more effective. And, and, you know, and she's so right in that. So we get student groups in schools to actually get their peer students to pledge to use seatbelts every time they're in the car and the groups can get stipends and stuff for getting, uh, you know, uh, participation in their schools. So we do that in the fall. In the spring, we have a very similar program, but it is wrapped around prom, graduation, summertime, which are known in the industry as the 100 deadliest days for teen drivers. And that program is called capital P-R-O-M, so prom is, promise. And that is a similar program where we get the kids to uh, get some education and pledge to drive safely and, you know, not, not do stupid stuff, but do smart stuff at prom and graduation time. Then we have a program called uh, DWI, Driving with Intelligence, which is a, uh, it can be done in an assembly. Uh, it can also be done in class. And now, because of COVID, we actually got a grant from the Welfare Foundation in Delaware to create an online video version, uh, which we're going to be debuting uh, in this, this fall. Uh, and it is all around impaired driving. So, you know, we always talk about the four Ds of impairment, which is drunk, drunk drugged, uh, distracted, and drowsy. All of those are impaired driving. And so the DWI, Driving with Intelligence, uh, it revolves around all of that. And then our fifth program, which is really an outgrowth, we used to do a program called Distraction and Reaction, where you may remember, uh, Chris, because you've been aware of our program for a while, we had a golf cart. We'd go out to schools <laughs> and get the kids to drive the golf cart and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, it's funny. These days, schools, because they're asked to do so much and the kids are so involved, we don't have time to do that these days. So we have taken that into an in-class version, uh, which is called Smart Sessions. And we have five different stations. And we go in. It usually takes one class period. Uh, and we teach the kids about uh, distraction, uh, about, uh, about drowsiness. Uh, we have an aggressive driving uh, module with it. And so we, we do that. And we are anticipating uh, again, once uh, schools open up fully and they can bring people like us in to get smart sessions uh, back up and running. I contacted you because I saw research from Nationwide Children's Hospital that uh, concluded, and it's not much of a stretch, that teen drivers are at the highest 
risk of distracted driving and the importance of teaching young drivers good habits early. And I immediately thought, well, that's a job for Smart Drive. Yes, and it's a job that Smart Drive has been doing uh, for quite some time. As I mentioned, uh, distraction and reaction. Uh, and that was a program that we debuted back in about uh, 2010, 2011. So we've been doing it for a while. And the fact is, teens do get distracted. One of the things that we always teach about teens is that kids are really smart. They're bright. They're full of energy. They're going to do really well. But the human brain does not mature uh, until uh, the mid-20s. And so, you know, kids are full of kidness. <laughs> they do the kind of stuff the teens do. And they don't always make the best decisions. And they're not always thinking in a, in a linear way about how to be safe in a car. And so drivers distract themselves. They allow themselves to be distracted by passengers. Passengers don't realize, I'm talking about, and of course, any passengers really, but teen passengers specifically, don't realize they have a duty to help the driver, you know, be as safe as possible. And interestingly enough, statistically, teens are the number one distractor of teen drivers, other teens as passengers. Uh, clearly, we think about phones and we know what phones do. You might as well be driving drunk if you're, you know, spending all your time thinking about your phone and looking at your phone. Um, but other passengers, you know, sticking a phone in front of a driver's face, you know, punching them in the neck or in the shoulder because something weird he or she said, you know, or getting them to look over at something else or, you know, sharing food with them. Here, eat this, you know, whatever. They tend to be the largest distractions. And we talk about three kinds of distractions for uh, any driver, and um, <clears throat> they are manual, visual, and cognitive. So, you know, obviously, if we take that in reverse, cognitive is anything that takes your mind off of your driving task. When you're driving, 100% of your focus should be on all the things that you do when you drive, your speed, you know, you're uh, looking around, checking what's around you in the car, all of those things, uh, making sure your feet are positioned properly, all that stuff. And it comes to second nature after you've been driving for a while. Uh, that's, that's the cognitive. Uh, the manual, obviously, hands on the wheel, uh, you know, driving at, uh, we're now talking more about 8 and 4 and 9 and 3 than 10 and 2, uh, but making sure that, you know, your hands are on the wheel. And, of course, visual is, Two eyes on the road and doing your visual checks. You know, we learned you're always scanning. Uh, and, you know, you probably remember your driver, Ed Days. You're always scanning. You're looking at the road ahead. You're checking your mirror. You're checking your speed, your side view, uh, looking for anything, particularly if you're in a busy street or whatever. You know, you never know when a person might come out in front of you. So you always need to be scanning. So anything that distracts you from doing that is visual distraction. So there's a lot of that, and kids aren't thinking about that because they're thinking about uh, the test they just blew or the test they just aced, and they're excited about that, or they're thinking about the game they're going to play in or, you know, the, 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 you know, the concert they're going to go this weekend or their new boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever it is. Or it is it tend, they tend to be doing a lot of that stuff rather than 
focusing on driving when they're in the car. You may have answered this question, and I ask it uh, from the perspective of teens, but it's something we all should probably hear and take heed of. But what top advice do you have for teen drivers? Most importantly, I think you need to recognize the seriousness of what you're doing. We all, you know, drive a lot. We love to drive, you know, and it gets us where we want to go. It gives us an independent lifestyle. But one of the things that we tell teens early and often is keep this in mind. When you are in a vehicle, you are in control of about a ton and a half of metal, plastic, and glass traveling on a road uh, often at a relatively uh, high speed. Now, that's full of a flammable liquid. You are traveling feet and, in some cases, inches away from other vehicles with the same composition, full of the same flammable liquid, also going at a high speed. Sometimes you're traveling in the same direction as them. Sometimes you're not. Think about what you have under your control and why it is so important to be safe, to allow proper distances in front, behind, on the sides. Because the fact is, if you're traveling at 55 miles an hour and you head on somebody or you rear end a vehicle or a thing, the car stops instantly, goes from 55 to zero. But you, as the driver or passenger, continue to travel at 55 miles an hour until something or someone stops you. Think about what the consequences are. We talk a lot in Smart Drive. Good decisions lead to good consequences. Bad decisions, bad consequences. So stop Think, apply your thought process, engage your brain before you engage the ignition. That's, I think, the number one message for kids. Well, it's an issue that's near to me right now because my youngest got his license over the summer. Man, I, I worry about that one. So thanks for the advice. Uh, thanks for the great words. And uh, thanks for everything that Smart Drive has done and continues to do. Well, it's our pleasure. And, you know, The unfortunate thing is uh, there's always a market for what we do. You know, we've been doing it, as I say, 18 years. Uh, A lot of our original students are now parents with young children, and, you know, those kids will need the same advice, you know, another 10 or 15 years from now as we gave their parents 18 years ago.